Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Writing Teachers podcast. My name is Stacey Schubitz. I'm here with my colleagues and co-hosts, Melanie Meehan and Amy Ellerman. Two Writing Teachers is a meeting place for a world of reflective writers. And here on the podcast, we're excited to talk about ways to create, lead, and sustain joyful and productive writing workshops. Let's work together, inspiring and empowering students to be competent, brave, and confident writers. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Two Writing Teachers podcast. I'm Melanie Meehan. I am here today with Stacey Schubitz. Unfortunately, Amy Ellerman, our other co-host, is not able to be with us this morning. Um, but Stacy has been the resident expert on record keeping with two writing teachers for many years, and I can't wait to hear so much of what Stacy will say and talk about when it comes to keeping records in writing classrooms. So welcome, Stacy. Let's start with um, you talking about why record keeping matters so much. I didn't realize why I should be keeping records when I started keeping records. Um, Initially, I was told I needed to keep records of all of my writing conferences with my students. So I did that. I looked at the forms that were provided to me by both my principal and my literacy coach, and I tried using them and filling things in about my students. It wasn't working for me. I was using someone else's forms and I was trying to make them fit my needs, but really all I was doing was documenting proof that I met with my students. So I asked my principal if it would be possible for me to try out a new record keeping system and I designed something and showed it to him and he was like, yeah, go for it. You know that this is for you, right? And at that point, uh, keyword, right? Keyword, like record keeping is for you. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. big, that's a big phrase. Huge. So I realized that these records were meant to inform my teaching. And once I realized that, it was a huge mindset shift because all of a sudden I went from keeping records as proof that I was doing my job to keeping records so that I could lift the level of my teaching and meet my students' needs. That was huge for me. So I feel like if I had this in a written document, right, like that would be the line I'd highlight or pop out. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like that's such a key concept for teachers to understand, especially new teachers. Like we're not taking records to hand them in to supervisors as evaluations or as a task to check off, but instead as like, this is going to guide instruction and help me like teach the kids who are sitting in front of me. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure in many places they can be used for both. But when you have an administrator like my first principal, he was willing to allow me to do what worked for me so that as long as I was keeping records, he knew I was doing my job and I was doing my job even better because I was really keeping it for my students' benefit. So over the years, I have dabbled with lots of different ways to keep records. And I've had like these periods of time. 
in my life of my my binder stage, my con, my contactless paper stage, whatever it was, um, at different points in my teaching life, I had different systems. And just as we want kids to have a repertoire of strategies to achieve a particular skill, I think it's important for teachers and coaches to have a repertoire of ideas for ways that we can keep records because one size does not fit all. I feel like I'm designing a chart in my head that I could (laughs) put on the wall, right? Like systems for record keeping from Stacey Schubitz, right? And I'll post it of this one and this one and this one. Um, Would you talk about some of the systems that you have, like some of the systems that would go on that strategy chart? Absolutely. In the beginning, I believe I was using an at-a-glance sheet, one of those grids, basically, that it has all of your students' names on one page, and you fill it in with the date, the teaching point, and if you have enough space, the complement. Now, there are good things about an at-a-glance sheet, and then there are things that are problematic. I'm going to go with what's good first. So when you... If you can fit everyone onto one sheet, and this is speaking as someone who's taught as few as 18 kids and as many as 32, so the bigger your class, the harder it is to have enough space for everyone on one piece of paper. Yeah, you can write really small, yeah. right? And I did go through a phase of trying Things that. on the fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the best thing about that is it helps a teacher to distribute their time equitably, you can see who you've met with when you've met with them. Maybe you've met with them a few times in one week and who hasn't gotten a conference in a week, who hasn't been pulled for a small group session in a week. And it helps to make sure that we are efficiently using our time because if there are certain students that we need to meet with again and again and again, well, we need to think on that and figure out why that is and tweak that but we need to be meeting with all kids. So that kind of sheet is great because it shows you who you've met with. The problem is you cannot collect that much information on an at-a-glance sheet. It is an at-a-glance sheet. And I have tried using an at-a-glance sheet as well as another piece of paper per each student where I can write more. But then I remember feeling like it was double the paperwork. That was just me. What works for me and has worked for me may not work for someone else and vice versa. So I offer that as an option. There's the first sticky note, Melanie, for your chart that you have on that wall. Could even put like pros and cons on my sticky note. Exactly. Exactly. So what I went to after that was a spiral notebook. I had tabs that I stuck on every few sheets of paper and it had each student's name. And I made columns where I recorded the date, the compliment, and the teaching point. This was a very private system. It allowed me to have my conferring notebook in front of me. I would just open to the page. I would jot down some notes about the kid during the conference, and that was it. It was not really seen by anyone else unless my principal happened to come in the room and want to take a look, but it was really just for me. You know, I used something like that when I was co-teaching in a writing classroom. Um, We had a binder and we had each student tabbed. But instead of always writing on those pages, we had mailing stickers. Mm -hmm. 
So any adult who is working with that student or students who are working with that student for that matter, like if we had student conferences going on, could fill out a sticker and put that into the student's section of the binder. Yep. Um, I've done that with sticky notes and whether you're using mailing stickers or sticky notes, it's the idea of having different people being able to contribute to that conferring binder that makes it even more powerful. I would just suggest that if that is the case, at least this is what I had done in the past, that we have another um, column or another thing to keep in mind when we are filling out our sticker or sticky note that we are also thinking about goals or next steps for students based on the conference, that we're not just always recording what it is kids did and what you did as the teacher that day, but also behaviors or goals, et cetera. Again, that, yeah, if you're it's, it's a lot. Savvy, right. If you're really tech savvy, you could set up your stickers like with those those things kind of formatted on, like what's your compliment? What's your teaching point? What's the next step? And then those automatically go in there. Yep. That's perfect. Perfect. So you could do that. I guess like the drawback I see with that binder is that it's in the possession of someone. Mm-hmm. And so... There's an at, there's a there's a problem of access. So if I were putting that a con on on my on my sticky note on my strategy chart, um, one person has the binder at any given moment, yes. right? And not everybody can access that. No. So I would say, hmm, wonder about that. So speaking of access, here's something else I've done that I really liked. It's not a cheap option. But I think it's a good option if you really like using paper for your record keeping. You could try a carbonless paper notebook. I purchased one of those. And the reason I purchased one, because there was the sheet I was going to write on for each student and then the um, carbon copy, so to speak, even though it didn't have carbon on it, that went right behind it. And what I did was at every conference, I recorded the date, the compliment, the teaching point, next step, et cetera. But the student had the second sheet. So they had that copy of what it was they discussed in their conference with me. They knew what they were really strong at as a writer and they knew what they needed to work on next. And then each time I had a writing conference, they would take that out of their writer's notebook. They would give it to me. I would put it behind their sheet in my notebook. I would write down whatever I taught them that day, then they would take it back. It went back in their writing folder. Ultimately, I I feel like the only con of that was just the expense of it, because I remember that notebook was pretty expensive. I don't think that, you know, carbonless notebooks are everywhere and you have to find it as well. So that was my only issue with it. Yeah, I I love the idea. And Sarah Valter just recently wrote post about it, about, you know, who's privy to the record keeping. And I do think that the more that students are in on the record keeping and think of those notes as not just the teacher's notes, but their notes too, that's a powerful thing for kids to have access to. It's huge. It's a, it's not just a reminder, but if, if you're recording compliments, it's a way to help students remember that they are doing some really good, smart work. And I think that kids need those. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we need to reinforce that with students. So then eventually, after all of these, you know, attempts or 
tries at different systems that involved paper, I realized that paper was just not working for me. And that was the time that I transitioned out of my role as a classroom teacher and became a literacy consultant. All of a sudden, I was no longer working with just my class. I was going to different schools. I was in different districts and even in different states. And when that happens and If you're there for more than a day, you really want to keep records. So the next time you see the student, you can refer to them. I did not want to have to have binders and papers with me, especially when I get on a plane that is out of the question. So I started using digital tools to help me. And the one that I went to first that I almost a decade later am still using is Evernote. Um, I really like Evernote because it's highly searchable. You can include audio tips, audio tips, audio clips, photos of student writing. Um, anything that you can imagine can be embedded into an Evernote note. And this is just a really easy way to keep track of what students are doing, record them reading their writing so that that's, you know, on record. And it's just a really nice documentation and gives the whole picture. It gives more than just the compliment, the teaching point, the next steps. What I love about it is that when you are using Evernote, you can share the note with anybody. You can share it with other educators at your school. You can share it with parents, caregivers. It's great for parent-teacher conferences when you want to showcase what students have done, but it's really good at any time of the year if you're capturing a child reading their work. Well, share that with a parent. We always like to share good news with parents. This is one way just to showcase something amazing that's happening in a classroom. Yeah, you know, Seesaw does a lot of what you're describing, yes. too, which is a um, that's a program that the kids have been using both um, mostly on their iPads. Like right. They, the students access Seesaw and they can do a lot of that, too. So that becomes almost a form of record keeping also and, and a story of that child's development as as a writer and a learner. Yeah. And I suppose that if one wanted to keep their conferring notes private, if they were using their learning management system, whether it's Schoology, Seesaw or something else to communicate with parents, it's just a lovely way to document and let people in on what's happening in the classroom. So thinking a little bit more deeply about tools that are digital, I know you are a huge Google form, Google suite person. (laughs) Um, You are my go-to whenever I need help with anything that is Google form related. So I'd like you to talk more about the way that you keep records and that some of your teachers keep records with Google forms. Yeah. Um, You know, I listened to you talk about Evernote and I am like, hmm, could I do that with Google? Hmm, could I do that with Google? I think a lot of the things I could. So, you know, again, this is this isn't a this is the only way. Again, it's such an authentic strategy chart of like mm-hmm. here are the different things that you can the different systems and structures that you can use to keep records. Um, I guess before I even get going, I would just go back to that why again. Be and it's really so that you can keep informing your instruction and like moving things forward. Yeah, it's Um, huge. It's just huge. And we have to keep kids at the forefront (laughs) of 
any record keeping decisions that we're making, because it really is about informing our teaching and becoming better teachers for our students. That's, that's not even all, but I feel like I don't want to go too grand. So. Right. Yeah. Um, but Google, so I do love Google forms. I love me a Google form. Um, and what I've done is I've created a collection of Google forms for each grade that are, they're not even genre specific because you go in and you can choose um, which section you want to go to, whether it's narrative information or opinion. And then the, the backside of it is set up in such a way that if you choose narrative, you go to a choice of compliments that you can give a student who you're presumably working with right there in that moment, a narrative-based compliment that is um, standard-based around um, that particular grade level. It's so, so amazing because in so much of the work I do with teachers around conferring, I always talk to them about have a cheat sheet near you. And, you know, it's a cheat sheet of compliments. It's a menu of conferring teaching points. And if it's in a Google doc and oh my it's goodness, it's, cheat it's right sheet, there. Right? You don't yeah. have to worry about your cheat sheet. Yeah, right there. It's like your digital cheat sheet. So you get cued to give a compliment from this digital cheat sheet. Mm -hmm. And then you get cued to give a teaching point from this digital cheat sheet. And then you have the opportunity, because I've constructed it into the Google form, to make a comment or leave a comment. And I will say, like, there's a few really nice things about it, especially when you give yourself that space to leave comments, because sometimes the check boxes or, you know, choosing from what I've designed it doesn't work for what you've taught. I've gotten better. Um, and I will say another piece of the backside of it that I've done, and I think that this is huge, is I've moved from just having skills or the traits of that grade level's genre of writing mm -hmm. to having writing behaviors and processes. And, um, you know, the other sort of um, less concrete things sometimes, if you will, about writers, like are they generating ideas? Are they sustaining their writing during a time block? Um, are they thinking about their writing outside of the writing classroom? Like I've tried to capture some of those those nuances of their writing lives also. That's really important. That's how we get to know kids and move the needle forward. And it's part of record keeping. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Like it, still, it still is something that I want to know about kids as writers, and I want to be able to look back and, and track and trace. So um, with digital record keeping, I feel like it lends itself to a bit more ease when there are multiple adults who work with a given student. And we should probably think about how that goes. If we're give if if we have a Google form and that eventually populates into a spreadsheet, well, that helps us see patterns and trends. It lets us see what our last point of contact is, but it really helps keeping everyone on the same page, right? One hundred percent. So with the Google forms, and you know, I don't know how Evernote works as far as populating any kind of spreadsheet, like what a Google form will populate. 
but I get a spreadsheet of every conference I have give for that Google form, and I can sort it by teaching point and see patterns and trends. I can also sort it by student and date and see who I've met with and how often. Um, and if I sort it all by student and just make each student almost have their own page, it's like the best conference thing because that can get shared with parents and caregivers um, as well as any other adult who's working with students during the school day. Absolutely. So, and you know, it's just a quick share and somebody has it as opposed to a binder of like, let me make you copies and get them to you in your mailbox. Right. So you're saving a tree, you're saving time and you're creating greater access. And I think that's all good stuff. And you're informing a whole bunch of instruction, right? Absolutely. Like you're like, and it's kind of the point. Um, I, I do think it's a really important way to not run past the power of other adults in that, in, in children's lives. Yeah. The and, power of family yeah. and the power of a system and a network to help support writing outside of school is important. Parents and caregivers can really make their writing lives more visible. They can show students how they use writing in their daily life, whether it's allowing a child to peek over your shoulder at a text message that you're sending or looking at a notation you might write on a bill or sending emails like Kids need to see that writing is everywhere and that their grown-ups use writing as well. It's not just sit down and write this essay or please sit and work in your writer's notebook for 20 minutes collecting. Writing is part of our lives in so many different ways. And when parents can be a bit more intentional about showcasing that to kids in the home environment, I think that that helps to strengthen how things are going at school and it helps when parents know what's going on at school. And by sharing those records, it allows parents and caregivers to do just that. 100%. So do you have like any tips? Like, like just like hear this, above all this, think about these tips when you're getting going with record keeping, like if you were going to boil down to a few mouthfuls. Okay. So I think first... It's important to be flexible, especially when you're using digital tools. You may not have the time the time to capture everything you want in every section of your note-taking form, and that's okay. Uh, if you're using Google Forms, don't make every section required um, because you may have missed your compliment that day. Okay, well, that's information for you, but don't stress about that. <laughs> Look at the blank column. There's no compliment. You must compliment. <laughs> That's how we build kids up. Yes, it's it's information. Um, let's see what else. I think it's important to give any system that we're trying out, whether it's analog or digital, time. We really want to give things three to four months to see how they're working before we overhaul them. I think a lot of teachers that I work with will try a system. They'll try it for a week or two and be like, this isn't working. I, I hate it. I'm not going to do it. I don't need to keep records anymore. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's rethink what you have. But if you spend the time up front really working alongside a colleague, a coach, thinking about what you really want to know, what's going to inform your teaching, that will help you design a tool that is going to probably meet your needs pretty well. But 
it's okay to be flexible. Just give it a little bit more time to see how it goes. And my final suggestion is to look for ideas and templates on two writing teachers. We have amassed a massive amount of blog posts about conferring, about record keeping. We've had full blog series devoted to it. There is so much there. There's probably almost too much there. So you really have to do a nice keyword search to get exactly what you want if the category feels too broad for you. But I can't think of something that's missing from our archives when it comes to conferring. And we're always adding our new thinking about conferring. So I would definitely look there. Um, Everything is downloadable. There's nothing that gets charged to you. So download as much as you want and see what works and customize it. Yeah. I I feel like also like, you know, as I'm listening to you, I feel like almost in every, in, in every conversation we have, I like want to say, don't let perfect get in the way of good. Don't let perfect get in the way of good. Right. Like just keeping in mind that at the forefront of record keeping is kids and growth and inspiring kids to become stronger and stronger writers, right? Exactly. It's note-taking should not be performative. Our notes must be useful. They'll guide our instructional decisions when they are useful, and they will keep children at the forefront, forefront, as you just said. And I think that when we have those things at top of mind, then we do a great job with record keeping. Stacy, I can't thank you enough for all that you have shared about record keeping. Um, you really are just like the expert in my head about the different systems and structures that um, I can suggest to people about ways to do this. So thank you. Sure. Thanks for sharing it all today. Anytime. Thank you for listening to the Two Writing Teachers podcast. Check out the show notes for links to the items we mentioned in this episode, as well as ways to connect with us. For more about the teaching of writing, head over to the Two Writing Teachers blog at twowritingteachers.org. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with your friends and colleagues, post about it on social media, like, subscribe, and leave us ratings and reviews. Our music is by Lemon Music Studio. If you'd like to connect with us, email us at contact at twowritingteachers.org. Thanks again for listening. Let's teach, learn, and write on together.